0: Welcome to week two of Started from the Bottom featuring Caleb Nixon and Joey Polizzi. This week, we are talking about former Dallas Cowboy quarterback and current CBS analyst Tony Romo and his journey to the top. Tony Romo was born on April 21st, 1980 in San Diego, California. His family later moved to Burlington, Wisconsin, and that is where Tony began playing football. He became the starting quarterback at Burlington High School as a junior, where they went 3-6. However, even through the struggles, Romo received high honors for his performance. Maybe most shocking of all, Tony Romer was a baller in high school. He was on the all Racine County team, along with former NBA player Karan Butler. He averaged 24.3 points, 8.8 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. He was slightly recruited by a couple teams and finished with 1,080 points, which was the record for his high school. Romo stuck with football and managed to receive interest from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and Minnesota State University, two schools that weren't Division I but did offer a chance for him to play college football. A small university in Charleston, Illinois was also interested. Eastern Illinois offered a partial scholarship. Which is
1: why Tony Romo decided to attend Eastern Illinois University, a Division I AA school. Romo overcame a slow start at Eastern Illinois, ultimately impressing his college coaches when they nearly gave up on him. Because he struggled early, Bob Spoo, head coach at Eastern Illinois, considered moving Romo to a new position at the end of his redshirt freshman season. But they wanted to make him a tight end, quote, said Gerber, Romo's high school football coach. However, they decided to give Romo one last chance at the quarterback position. In his sophomore year, Romo threw for 2,583 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. He received All-American Honorable Mention and was the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. His junior year, he became efficient by completing 66 of his passes while still throwing for 2,068 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. He led the Panthers to the Ohio Valley Conference Championship. He also once again was named Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. In his senior year, his production rose. He threw for 3,418 yards, 34 touchdowns, while throwing 16 interceptions. He completed his career with 85 touchdown passes, but set a record for a school and conference at the time. This year he won Walter Payton Player of the Year award, which is given to the best Division 1 AA player. He also won the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year for the 3rd straight year. Roma finished 2nd in school history and 3rd in conference history with 8,212 passing He was also 2nd in school history with 584 completions and 941 attempts behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He also has the second most pass touchdowns, 85, in school history behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Romo was named to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2021, and his number 17 was retired by the Eastern Illinois Panthers. Romo did not initially receive an offer to attend the 2003 NFL Combine, but received a late invitation to attend as an extra quarterback to throw passes to other prospects during drills. Despite intriguing some scouts, Tony Romo went undrafted in the 2003 NFL Draft. Throughout the draft, Romo was assured by Dallas's assistant head coach Sean Payton that they would sign him. Payton also played quarterback at Eastern Illinois. Through 2003 to 2005, Romo didn't receive any playing time and was Dallas's third-string quarterback. Before the 2006 offseason, Sean Payton, who was now the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, reached out to the Cowboys to acquire Romo for a third round play. Dallas said no and Romo would start the season as the backup to veteran Drew Bledsoe. Romo would eventually start his first NFL game in week eight after Bledsoe was struggling. In his first start, Romo passed for 270 yards, one touchdown while throwing an interception in a blowout 35 14 win for the Cowboys. This was when Dallas knew that Romo was something special. Romo would finish the rest of the way for the Cowboys, going 6-4, resulting in a playoff berth for them. The Cowboys traveled to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Dallas was about to take a late lead with a minute remaining in the game when Romo fumbled a snap on a potential go-ahead field goal. Romo took full responsibility for a loss, and in just 10 games that season, Romo made the Pro Bowl. The next couple of seasons, from 2007 to 2009, Romo made two Pro Bowls in 2007 and 2009 while making the postseason in both those seasons. However, Dallas and Romo never advanced the divisional round. In
0: 2010, things turned for the worst for Romo. In a Week 5 matchup against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football, Romo broke his left clavicle. This was the only season in Romo's history where he didn't win at least 50% of his games played. He went one in five. Following the clavicle injury, Romo finished the 2011 season with a 102.5 passer rating, fourth best in the league behind Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. However, it was another disappointing season as the Cowboys went eight and eight. The next two seasons, Romo played great, passing for a career-high 4,900 yards in 2012, but still couldn't get over the eight-win mark. 2014 was Dallas' best chance to make a Super Bowl. On offense, they had all-pro DeMarco Murray, who had 1,845 rush yards, plus all-pro wide receiver Dez Bryant, who had 88 catches for 1,845 yards and 16 touchdowns. Plus, they had Tony Romo, who had his arguably best season yet. He threw for 3,705 yards, 34 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. Romo led the league in completion percentage 69.9%, quarterback rating 113.2, yards per attempt 8.5, and QBR at 79.7. In the wildcard round, Romo defeated the Lions by completing 61% of his passes for 292 yards and two touchdowns. Romo and the Cowboys would then travel to Green Bay to play the Packers. Romo played his best postseason game, completing 79% of his passes, including two touchdowns. However, the infamous no-catch call on Dez Bryant changed the outcome of the game, sending Romo home once again. This was Romo's last shot at a playoff run. The next two seasons, Romo was battling many injuries. In 2015, he broke his left collarbone, resulting in 12 games missed. Then, in 2016, Romo broke his back in a preseason game against the Seahawks. The haunt of the Seahawks continues. During this season, Romo was replaced by Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Following the 2016 season, Romo would decide to retire from the NFL. Following his retirement, he was hired by CBS Sports to serve as the lead color analyst for the team. He worked alongside play-by-play announcer Jim Nance. Romo recently received a multi-year deal that is over five years and is worth $17 million per year, allowing him to become the highest paid NFL analyst in television history. Even though Romo does not play the game anymore, he is still a focal point to the game of football. So just a great story over overall from Tony, Tony Romo there. Obviously he started out um, in a small town high school um, and worked his way up. So let's start by talking about just like I mean, you look at his junior year. Um, kind of interested to see how he was more a, attracted as a basketball player by some college teams. I'm
1: surprised he didn't go the basketball route. I mean, look what he did at his high school. He was he, he was a baller and. He finished with the most points scored or the most points ever in school history. So it's surprising that he went the uh, football route. But, you know, I think he made the good decision. He knew, you know, his talent and he knew what he can do playing quarterback.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the reasons we see him succeed later on is because he really trusts himself. Um, he never gave up on himself. And really, I think, I think he had more of a passion for football uh, than anything else and so we see as he um come gets those offers coming in um and the interest we see a lot of smaller schools like we said the university of wisconsin whitewater uh, minnesota state university and then also a little interest from charleston or a college from charleston and then eastern illinois i mean you look at all four of those schools i mean they're not big name schools so why do you think he overall chose Eastern Illinois to go there after only a partial scholarship?
1: I think because it is the partial scholarship. The other schools, um, they weren't offering him, you know, any scholarships. And I think Eastern Eastern Illinois they gave him a partial scholarship, so I think he took that. And it just speaks to what this show's about. Started from the bottom. Tony Romo. He wasn't recruited greatly out of out of high school. He wasn't. Look at these schools, University of Wisconsin Whitewater, they're not even D one. Minnesota State University is such a small school. That's where uh, Adam Thielen went to to college. And then Eastern Illinois, these are not big schools. These are not your your Clemsons, your Alabamas, your Georgias. That's not them. These are smaller schools. And Romo, I think, overcame. And, you know, there are some doubters about him, for sure. And he overcame that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, You even look at these smaller division one schools that we uh, think about in the Midwest, which is where he obviously grew up to play football. I mean, he didn't even get interest or offers from them. So it's just pretty amazing to see him start at such a, such a smaller level. And really, like you said, uh, Joey, work his way up from the bottom. So he obviously started his uh, college career at Eastern Illinois. And I was really interested to see that that one time, uh, Coaches were considering moving his position.
1: Tony Romo is not a tight end. I know they tried, you know, after his quarterback position didn't work, they were moving the tight end. Tony Romo is not a tight end. Like he's, he's not built for the tight end position. And, you know, it's a good thing that Romo, after his redshirt freshman year, he, he balled out. And I think the head coach, Bob Spoo of Eastern Illinois, realized that, okay, maybe Tony Romo is talented and he can actually lead a team.
0: Yeah, definitely, and as we said, he did just that. I mean, sophomore year, he threw for over 2,500 yards um, and 27 touchdowns, and I really think that's where Tony Romo really got his confidence, and just being able to get that Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year and one of his first years playing is, I mean, that, that can't go understated. I mean, he was a sophomore, and like you said, I mean, a sophomore is still an underclassman, and to be able to come in as a quarterback, get the trust of your team, get the trust of your coaches. Um, it, I think it's pretty, it speaks to the person Tony Romo is that he won that award in his first year.
1: Which is why I think it's a major, major reason why Eastern Illinois decided to stick with Romo at quarterback. They saw, you know, he won Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. You're not gonna be able to move him to tight end now. He's he's talented enough to stay at the quarterback position for our team.
0: Yeah, and, and they did just that. Um, And like we mentioned, uh, he led the Panthers to the Ohio Valley Conference Championship his junior year by becoming a lot more efficient. Um, A 66 percent completion rate is very well and leading them to that championship game. Um, And once again, being named the conference player of the year, it just goes to show why they stuck with him. And then once again, in his senior year, I mean, I think he I think he put the cherry on top, if you want to put it that way. I mean, he came out. He threw for almost 3,500 yards, um, 34 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Um, but then he won the player of the year in division one AA football. And again, won the Ohio Valley conference Player of the year. And I really just think that shows um, the heart he has. I mean, he never gave up Eastern Illinois. No, obviously trusted him from when he stepped onto the field as a starter to when he stepped off.
1: Yeah. this speak to the show started from the bottom. Look at, his production of his uh, junior year in high school. He went three and six with that Burlington High School. Then he goes up sophomore year, you know, pretty good season. But then junior leading his team to the Ohio Valley Conference Championship and then his senior year winning the Walter Payton Player of the Year Award. That speaks to hard work and dedication. And Romo did just that. I mean, he worked hard each and every day.
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, obviously have to be good to win the Walter Payton Player of the Year I mean award. Walter Payton is one of the greats in football that we've ever seen. And so to be able to win that award for Romo, I mean, like you said, it just emphasizes what this show's about, starting from the bottom, working hard to be able to win awards like this, lead your team to winning games and and championships. And and really that's what it's all about. Um, so obviously after Jimmy G came in, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he, he, he kind of did what Romo did all over again. But Romo is still second in a lot of records in their school. Um, also in conference, he's top five in a lot of those records. And I just think, I really think that school took a step up from Romo. And, I mean, you look at the impact that school had on Romo's career, but you also look at Eastern Illinois school as a whole. I mean, that, that school became noticed. I mean, they, they started getting better recruits because of Romo. They obviously got um, future 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, and and I just think that speaks to the to the um, impact Romo made on that that university.
1: Yeah, and they started to get quarterbacks, and you know Jimmy Garoppolo's from Illinois, and so they decided Jimmy G decided to play there, and you know what Jimmy G did there, you know he broke a lot of records, so that's why Romo is second all time in a lot of categories, but still. Being second and the all-time in the all-time school history that's that's a huge accomplishment for Romo start just seeing from where he started to the end of his college career he he did a lot of great things for that panther football team
0: yeah absolutely and <clears throat> just can't speak to it enough but i mean and you look at all these obviously Romo setting all these records but after this year, I think after his senior year, I mean, Romo had to realize he was still at a division one AA school. So when he didn't get an offer to attend the 2003 NFL combine, it's almost like he had to start back over. I mean, where he started in his college shoes. I mean, I mean, he obviously went undrafted in the 2003 draft um, got signed by the Cowboys. um, But like he still had to work from the bottom. I mean, Going back, I mean, after college, he had to start back over basically from starting, like starting from high school to college. I mean, it was a similar stepping stone.
1: 100%. And, you know, a major reason why Romo did wind up with the Cowboys, because connections. And look where he got him with playing at Eastern Illinois. And, you know, whatever reason why he went there. You know, I think it's because of the partial scholarship, but whatever reason why he went there. It was a reason because later on it would help him out because Sean Payton, who was with the Cowboys at the time, was also a quarterback at Eastern Illinois back in the 80s. There's a connection. Sean Payton, he wanted to reward, you know, Tony Romo for playing at his alma mater. So they signed him. And even though he became a 3rd string quarterback for his first two, three years, he definitely made an impact in the Cowboys organization because Sean Payton, who then was the Saints head coach in 2006, wanted Romo. He knew Romo was a hard worker, that Romo was going to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. However, the Cowboys said no.
0: Yeah, and that's very interesting. And we can talk about that a little bit. I mean, as you mentioned, Sean Payne played a huge role in Romo getting signed to the Cowboys um, as their third string quarterback. But when he moved to the head or head coach of the Saints, um, obviously that that team was ready to win. And Sean Payton, he knew he needed the quarterback to win. And you look at that offseason, um, they did offer uh the Cowboys a third round pick for Tony Romo. So my question is if they if the Cowboys said yes to that trade, what does that mean for the Cowboys organization? And what does that mean for Drew Brees? Because that was the same year Drew Brees decided to come and play for the Saints.
1: Oh yeah whole thing would have been jumbled up in both franchises. I mean, the Cowboys, I don't think they would have been as good for the next couple of seasons because in that season, they, they went with Drew Bledsoe, the veteran. He struggled. Like, he was just playing bad in that season. So if they did trade away Tony Romo in that season, they would have struggled the whole season. For the Saints, I think Saints would have been pretty good. You know, Sean Payne, he's a good coach. And he would have worked with Tony Romo, and Tony Romo would have been the face of the New Orleans Saints. And that Saints team was pretty good. They had Marquise Colston, then down the line, they had Jimmy Graham, and they've had playmakers. And I just think both franchises would have turned out way different, and I think the Saints would have benefited from it. But, you know, they did get a guy named Drew Brees, who was going to be a Hall of Famer. So it worked out for the Saints anyways.
0: Yeah, that's just that's just a crazy what-if scenario to think about. I mean – It was in a point of time where Tony Romo could have possibly been a New Orleans Saint, um, which possibly could have meant that Drew Brees would not have been a New Orleans Saint. And it just would have been a huge shakeup. And when you think about it, I mean, that could have really affected the outcome of future years in the NFL. But like you said, um, Romo going into that year with Drew Bledsoe, um, Bledsoe obviously struggled. But Romo, and once again, we talk about it, I mean, Romo came out. I mean, he wasn't scared. I mean, he, he he threw for 270 yards, one touchdown and an interception his first game. I mean, first game, that is that is pretty good stats. You look at that. And I mean, most quarterbacks are nervous. They don't want to mess up. They're too tentative. Um, but Romo came out. He played his game and they won the game. And I really just think that first game really showed what the Cowboys franchise was heading toward.
1: Yeah. And in that game, the Cowboys didn't just win. They blew out the Panthers. It was just not a close game. You saw the effect that Tony Romo had on the game. He was doing his thing. He was making those accurate throws, something that the Cowboys haven't seen for a couple of seasons. So, at this moment, after the two or during the 2006 season, the Cowboys knew I think Tony Romo can be our franchise quarterback.
0: Yep, and he proved it. I mean, six and four the rest of the way. I mean, as a as a first year starting quarterback, six and four as your as your record is pretty good. I mean. And it showed he resulted in a playoff berth, came in after Drew Bledsoe was struggling and and somehow found a way to get that team to the playoffs. Um, obviously, he messed up in his game, but it's just a reoccurring cycle. And in that playoff game, he he had that fumble where um, it could have been a potential game winning field goal. But like I said, it's just a reoccurring cycle. It, that may have pushed him back, but that just that just pushed him to work harder. So he didn't do it again. So he was ready for the next time he was in a huge playoff game. Um, And so I just think that shows the hard work Tony Romo put in to get better that next year and then years coming.
1: It's unfortunate what happened for the Cowboys and Romo during that game. Romo played – he played a solid game. It's not his best game, but he he played a solid game. And it was his first postseason game, so of course he's going to struggle a little bit. But that fumble, you know, I think it really – made a difference in Romo's career, it's a learning lesson for him. And he learned from it because the next two, three seasons, he balled out making the Pro Bowl in two out of three seasons and made it, made the postseason in two out of three seasons too. So there's a whole learning lesson for Romo and it's unfortunate, but he, I guess you learn and you learn from your mistakes. That's what they'd say.
0: Yeah. And he did um, after, after, like you said, made the Pro Bowl. Um, but in 2010, dealt with a little bit of an injury problem that kept him out for most of the year. So, I mean, you really can't evaluate that year on Romo's performance, but when he came back, I mean, following that clavicle injury, 2011, um, I mean, we, I think we saw Tony Romo really develop into the star player he became. I mean, obviously in his first, first year starting, um, he was putting up good stats, but in 2011, following that injury, is when I really think we saw him become a star in the NFL. In this
1: season, 2011, he was 31 years old. You know, this is the prime of his career, and he showed just that. I mean, look at the passer rating, 102.5. And who was he behind? Tom Brady, who's in the Super Bowl. Drew Brees, who leads in so many different categories. And Aaron Rodgers, who was the MVP of the 2020 season. Look at that. Tony Romo was competing each and every game with those players. He was great this season. But, you know, it's unfortunate because the Cowboys seems like they couldn't get past that eight and eight mark. And I think Romo's career, you know, it got overlooked because the Cowboys didn't make as many postseason runs as they should have with Romo at quarterback.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think a big factor in Romo not getting the credit he deserves um, has to deal with injury as well. I mean, we look at these three quarterbacks that he was behind in that 2011 season. They were all around the same age as Romo um, during the 2011 season and all these quarterbacks are either still playing to this day um, we're not sure about Drew Brees but I mean they were all playing this year and it just goes to show I think of the injuries in the NFL how they can affect a career Tom Brady has been relatively healthy his whole career Aaron Rodgers has been relatively healthy his whole career Drew Brees hasn't really had too many injury problems up until about two, three years ago. Um, And that's what allowed them to play so long. I just think Romo's injuries really affected the time he had in the NFL and it, it cut him short.
1: And we'll get to that when we talk about 2015 and 2016, but yeah, dude, injuries take a toll on you. I mean, look at Drew Brees. If Drew Brees maybe doesn't get hurt this year, you know, with his broken collar with his broken ribs and all that, Drew Brees might be like, okay, I'm ready to play another year, but these injuries take a toll on you. They hurt your body. You just become in pain. You just don't want to deal with it anymore. So that's why people step away from the game and retire. Like Gronk, he retired 30 years old. He retired because injuries, concussions, he, he was tired of it. And sometimes you just have to step away from the game and retire. And I think, you know, that's what Romo figured coming down later in his career.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think we'll get into a little bit more of that as we speak about it towards the end of his career. Um, well, let's talk about that 2014 run. Um, like you said, best chance to make a Pro Bowl, or not a Pro Bowl, a Super Bowl. Um, they had DeMarco Murray, who was coming off a great year. Des Bryant, who was young, could go up and catch really any ball he threw his way. And then Tony Romo, to top it off, um, Romo had a great year, 3,700 yards, 34 touchdowns. I mean, he led the league in so many stats, defeated the Lions in the wild card round, and then goes to Green Bay, plays a great game. And I, I'm i still iffy on that no-catch call, and I know you probably are too. What are your thoughts on it?
1: You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so, you know, bring back some memories with that Cowboys-Packers game. I just – the rules were really weird back then with the catch, no-catch call. It was, it was strange. And I guess the NFL didn't know what a catch and what a catch wasn't. You look at that catch by Des Bryant, and he caught it. He pinned it against his bicep and then he rolls over into the end zone. So I, I'm confused why they called it a no-call, but what whatever. Move we'll past it. But yeah, this 2014 Cowboys team. it was a good team. And they finished 12 and 4. And I believe they finished as the three seed, which is really strange. Usually 12 and 4, you can make the one or even the two seed and get a bye. No, this year was was a great season for many of those NFC, many of those NFC teams, number one being the Packers to be in the Seahawks, I believe. It could have been the Panthers. One of those teams finished with a two-seed. But anyways, Cowboy finished with a three-seed, defeated the Lions, and you know, I took care of business. And he went to Green Bay. Romo played good. He completed almost 80% of his passes, two touchdowns. And, you know, the call that mattered was a no-catch call. If they do complete that, Romo might see his first Super Bowl. They would have to play the Seahawks. But Romo might have saw his first Super Bowl appearance if they call that a catch. What are your thoughts on that call?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like you said, the rules back then, I'm not going to say they weren't clear, but they were unsure. Um, I don't think it was very clear and obvious as to what a catch was, but at the same time, when you look at that Des Bryant, no or no catch call. um, I just don't think that was the right call. I mean, like you said, we look at it now. We're looking back at it now with the rules we have implemented. And then that was a catch. I mean, he caught it. He made a football move, diving for the end zone, reaches out to get the ball across the pylon or the, the stripe. And, and, yeah, maybe he lost control, but it was because he had control before that and he was reaching to score a touchdown. I mean, I, I, I don't like that call, but I definitely can see how that call – Could have been made back then just because the rules were uh, unclear. Um, But yeah, like you said, the, that year the NFC championship was the green Bay Packers advanced by defeating the Cowboys to play the Seahawks. And like you said, I mean, the Packers won that game and over, or, or the Seahawks won that game in overtime to advance to play the Broncos in the Super Bowl. But I mean, you look at that team, it seemed like Romo really outplayed the Packers that whole game and deserved a win. Um, So, I mean, you never know what could have happened. He could have gone to Seattle, um, defeated them, and had a great chance at playing Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it's obviously one call that is very controversial in the NFL. And I think it will always, always will be. It turned the table on what a catch is and what a catch isn't for the league. Um, And I just think that game is really going down as one of the most controversial in NFL history.
1: Yeah, and this was another what if for the Cowboys. What if they called Des Bryant catching that touchdown pass? Would that have Tony Romo and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Would they have beat the Seahawks? Would Romo get his first ring, his only ring? It's a lot of what ifs. But Tony, 2014 Cowboys team, they went 12-4. and 4. They had a great season. Romo finished second all-team, all-pro team. So they had a great season. They had three guys considered for all-pro offense plus they had Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. They just had a great team. And it's unfortunate that this team, you know, didn't make it past the division around. It really is.
0: Yeah, it is. But I just also think it speaks to that talent of the football team that year. They really, they really had a chance. Um, they really had a great chance to get to the Super Bowl. Um, like you said, a lot of what ifs and we'll never know what happens. But one thing that is for sure, that Cowboys team was very good with the roster they had built, um, and that's proven to fact by the amount of all pros, like you mentioned. Going into the 2015-2016 um, year, I mean, kind of point back to where we were talking about, Romo just battled so many injuries. Um, and really, I think injuries affect a lot of players in the NFL, but if there's one position that they affect the most – it's quarterback. I mean, a quarterback gets one bad injury. It's potentially ruining his career, the rest of his career.
1: Yeah. And you look at 2015, 2016, even dating back to 2010, he broke his left clavicle. That is a bad injury in itself. Then in 2015, he broke his left collarbone. That his, left, his left side of his uh, body is probably in so much pain. Then in 2016, in the preseason, he broke his back. Now, you just look at those injuries. You're, he's back-to-back seasons where he broke his left collarbone and in his back. What quarterback is going to want to return from that? He tried to, of course, because, you know, he wanted to play again. But, you know, they drafted a the guy by the name of Dak Prescott in 2016. And when Romo was healthy, I believe it was tw- week 13 and the Cowboys were already 11-1. And the Cowboys made the right decision. You, there's no way you go back to Romo. Dak Prescott was doing his thing. He lost one game for this team. Yeah. Of course, they're going to go to Dak Prescott. And this ultimately led to Roma retiring because he knew he didn't want to play for any other team. He loved Dallas. And that was the end of his career.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I just think it speaks to facts. He he didn't that year. He didn't um, he didn't complain about his role. He Like you said, he saw how Dak was playing when he was healthy, but he didn't complain about the mentor role that he took on. He finished that year. Um, as the backup, he mentored Dak, and and I bet if anyone had an interview with Dak Prescott, Dak would speak words about how Romo helped him in that year. Um, Romo, I'm sure he was a great mentor to Dak, and it just it's obviously probably tough for Romo to take that position on. But like you said, he loved that organization so much. It's where he started. It's where he got his first chance. Um, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to go anywhere else he wanted to retire a cowboy
1: that's what he did and you know the cowboys they had a great couple of seasons with tony Rummel, of course i mean his career record with the cowboys Romo was 78 and 49 that's 49 wins through i believe it was 10 seasons that that's great and the most he's the most losses he's ever had in the season is eight when they win eight and eight in back-to-back seasons so the Cowboys were great with Tony Romo. There's no question about it. And to see the journey of Tony Romo from a small town in Wisconsin playing at Burlington High School going 3 and 6 as a quarterback his junior year, not good at all. To then developing at Eastern Illinois, winning Walter Payton Walter Payton Award, then going undrafted, finally getting his time, to being a four-time Pro Bowler and trying to lead Dallas to the Super Bowl, and he never got there, but we almost wish that Romo did get there just because of his journey and the way he played the game of football. He was loyal, unselfish, hardworking, and we saw all these characteristics in Romo and in, in his game.
0: Yeah, we did. I mean, it's, it's, it's another one of these great stories that you don't see very often. I mean, a lot of the, uh, these players have to work their way up from the bottom, really do, and And as we saw in Romo, I mean, he had to work work his way up from the bottom multiple times. I mean, like you said, his high school wasn't very good. On the bench his first year at college, went undrafted, third-string quarterback for the Cowboys, then turns into a starter that leads the team to the playoffs multiple times, multiple pro bowlers. It's just amazing to see his development from this high school quarterback, to a one one of the all-time greats um, in NFL quarterbacks. Just, in, in, and obviously kind of going into the last stage of his career, I really think it speaks words how much Tony Romo loved football by going into the booth after his career. He is now alongside Jim Nance. Um, and it, and I'm gonna be honest with you, he's, he's my favorite football announcer to listen to. I mean, you watch his games, he gives insights that no other NFL now announcer can give you. And it's just amazing to watch that and listen to that.
1: I think it just speaks to Tony Romo. He knows the game of football. It's what he does. And I think that's why going back to why did he choose football over basketball? Because he loved the game of football. He knew it. That's what he loved. That's what he was passionate about. And it's translated all to these years and years. And now he's the highest paid NFL analyst in television history. 17 million dollars per season why because he knows the game of football he's a vocal part of his life and he just wants to continue it and he's such a great analyst because of the way he knows how to play football
0: and the story absolutely and just i mean that's just even though he wasn't able to win a super bowl i really think that biggest contract in nfl analyst history is just proof of tony romo's start from the bottom getting to the top I mean you don't you don't make 17 million per year on your job unless you're exceptional at it and that's what Romo is he knows the game of football he's known the game of football his whole life and without this hard work throughout his NFL career um, it, it is probably likely that Romo would not have gotten the opportunity at CBS so that's thanks to him thanks to his hard work and thanks to never giving up and working his way up from the bottom Thank you for tuning in to this Starter from the Bottom podcast featuring Caleb Nixon and Joey Polizzi. We hope you tune in next week. Have a good night.